the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Practical Living with Dale O'Shield, Senior Pastor of Church of the Redeemer in Maryland. We pray that through this message, you will learn how to apply God's Word and truth to your life. Stay with us as we discover God's truths that will transform us. I'm going to take you to the uh, book of Matthew, chapter 6. Let's take a look at how we are to pray. Jesus gave us the answer to this request in these words. This then is how you should pray. Remember the disciples said, Lord, teach us to pray. Jesus now says, this then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven. Why don't you read this together with me? Wherever you are right now, let's read it. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Then he goes on to say, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Now, this particular uh, prayer that Jesus gave us or model that Jesus gave us in terms of how to pray uh, includes lots of different things. We've talked about a variety of those things already. We've talked about the prayer of surrender, your kingdom come, your will be done. We've talked about the prayer of forgiveness, the importance of praying through our sins, asking God to forgive us as we forgive others. And today I'm going to talk about something that's in this prayer that is not specifically stated, but it's definitely implied. And all throughout this prayer is a request for the guidance of God, that God would be actively involved in our lives. I want to share with you three things about a prayer that I can assure you, if you'll pray it sincerely, this prayer will be answered. It's the prayer of guide us. And there are three things I'd like to share with you today that will help us to understand how to pray effectively this prayer, this guide us prayer. Number one, the quality of our decisions, important to remember that the quality of our decisions will determine the quality of our life. Your life, my life is a journey. You are going somewhere. You are on the road to somewhere in your life right now. You're on a particular point in the journey and your journey is taking you somewhere. And the experiences and the destination of your journey is always going to be determined by the decisions that you make. Just like any journey in life, if you're going down a particular road, uh, where you end up is going to be determined by where, whether you turn to the right or to the left or you stay on the straight and narrow pathway, if you will. Your destination is determined by the decisions that you make in the journey. Think about a, a leisurely cross-country road, cross country, uh, road trip that you might take. And think about the decisions that go along with a road trip of that nature. You've got to make sure if you're going to get to the right destination, you're going to make it to, from the East Coast to the West Coast. You want to make sure that you get the right roads. If you're not on the right roads, you'll never make it. You want to make sure if you're on a leisurely trip that you are looking for the best scenery along the way. What will be the most memorable trip that I can take? What will be the most important places for me to stop along the journey? And how will I make sure that I know when I get there? How will I know that I've arrived at my destination? 
And none of these things, the ability to get on the right road and to see the right scenery and to make sure you get where you want to get to in terms of your destination, none of it's, none of it's possible without clear directions. You have to have directions. And along with those directions, you have to actually follow the directions if you're going to have a good travel experience. It doesn't mean that everything is going to always go smooth on the trip. You may have a a flat tire along the way. You may have some repairs that need to be done to your automobile. There may be things that happen in your journey. And of course, that is, is a part of the journey. But at least you know you're on the right road. You're seeing the best scenery and you're headed toward your destination. So again, it doesn't ensure that everything in the trip is going to go exactly like you want it to go. But it does ensure that you'll get where you need to be. It's very important that you get the right instructions and that you follow them. Let me ask you a very important question. Let's translate this into our lives just for a moment. Think about your life right now. What plans or what directions are you following for your life? Do you have any plans? Do you have any directions for your life? Have you made up your own plans? Have you determined, well, this is where... I want to go, or maybe you're following somebody else's plan for your life, or maybe you're following the world's plan for your life. You might even be following the devil's plan for your life, or maybe you're, you're not sure if you even have a plan. And the Bible says that when we're following our own pathway, our own plan, or following somebody else's plan, some human plan for our lives, or when we're following certainly the world or the devil's way of living, uh, we're, we're actually doing something the Bible refers to as foolish. It is a very foolish way to live. Let me take you to the book of Proverbs chapter 28, verse 26. Listen to what it says. Those who trust their own insight, that is their own direction, their own choices, those who trust their own insight are, what's the next word there? They're foolish. But anyone who walks in wisdom is safe. Ecclesiastes 10 verse 2 says, a wise person chooses what the right road, a fool takes the wrong one. So your decisions will determine your direction and your direction will determine your destination. I'll say that again. Your decisions will determine your direction and your direction will determine your destination. You will either end up at a foolish place or a wise place. The quality of our decisions will determine the quality of our life. Here's number two. The second thing that I want us to remember this weekend as we're talking about praying this prayer that God promises to answer, the guide us prayer. The second thing is that we need guidance from a good and wise guide. If you're going to get to the right place in life, you need some guidance and you need guidance from a particular kind of guide. You certainly need a guide, but you need a good and wise guide. You need a good, wise guide on your life journey. See, it's great when a guide not only directs you, but it's great when a guide goes with you. Over the years, I've had the privilege of leading numbers of different uh, tours to the Holy Land. As we've gone to the Holy Land, one of the things that we always make sure that we have with us is, is a guide. We make sure that on every bus we have someone that is there helping us to experience what we're seeing and where we're going from a perspective of history. And so the guide is a very valuable part of the process. While I will do biblical teaching at the various sites, the guide will help us to understand something of the context of the, of the land that we're looking at or the particular place where we might be. And that guide is so valuable 
valuable to us in the process. I would not want to go to the Holy Land or any specific place that I want to learn something without someone who's gone before me, someone that's able to show the way that's the right way to go to get put to the sites that we need to see and someone that will affirm when we're on the right track and know when we're on the wrong track and somebody that's able to help us make the adjustments that are necessary on the journey or directing our attention to the key points of interest. All these things are vital to having a good guide that goes with you. And the Bible makes it so clear that God is a good and wise guide and that God actually wants to be your personal onboard life guide. Let me say that again. God Almighty, the God who created you, the God who created the universe, the very God who loves you so much that he sent his only begotten son into the world for you and for me, that same God, living God, the one God wants to be your personal life guide. You say, well, how do we know this is true? Let me take you to a few examples in the Bible or scriptures in the Bible that help us to understand that God wants to be our guide. Notice what David said in Psalm 23, the first three verses, the Lord is my shepherd. What does a shepherd do? A shepherd guides sheep. He says, the Lord is my, very personal pronoun, my shepherd. I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads, that's a guidance word. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me. There's that word again, along right paths, bringing honor to his name. So David said, I've learned something about the Lord. He's my shepherd. And as a shepherd, he is leading me and he's willing to guide me and get me to where I need to be in life. He's my personal guide. Psalm 32, verse eight, the Lord says, who says this? God says it. The Lord says, I will guide you. Notice that. I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. I will advise you and watch over you. That's a tremendous promise. Maybe it's one of those promises that you need to pull out of scripture and put on a card somewhere and remind yourself of on a regular basis. God says, I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. I will advise you and watch over you. Isaiah 42, verse 16. Again, God says, I will lead. There's the promise of guidance. I will lead blind Israel down a new path, guiding them along an unfamiliar way. I will brighten the darkness before them and smooth out the road ahead of them. Yes, I will indeed do these things. I will not forsake them. He's speaking to his nation Israel, but it certainly applies to us. He says, I'm going to lead blind Israel. Israel doesn't even know where to go, but I'm going to step in and be the lead, the guide for them. Exodus 13. Verses 21 and 22, listen to what it says. The Lord went ahead of them, speaking of the Israelites as they're walking through the wilderness on the way to the promised land. The Lord went ahead of them. He guided them. Do you see that in scripture? He guided them during the day with a pillar of cloud and he provided light at night with a pillar of fire. This allowed them to travel by day or by night. And the Lord did not remove the pillar of cloud or pillar of fire from its place in front of the people. And so here are the people going along in this wilderness journey. And God said, I'm not going to leave you out here in the wilderness by yourself. In the daytime, you're going to have a pillar of cloud that's going to guide you as the pillar of cloud moves, you follow it. And at nighttime, there'll be a pillar of fire that will be there for you because I'm not going to leave, leave you directionless in the wilderness. I'm going to make sure that I guide you through this. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Perhaps you know this one by memory, but it's very important, a very important guidance passage. Trust in the Lord with all your heart 
and do not depend on your own understanding, your own plans, your own, uh, your own machinations about how life should be. Seek his will. That's God's will. Seek what God wants in all you do. And he will notice this. He will show you which path to take. This again is a promise of guidance from God. God wants to be your personal guide. Now, I could take a lot of time this weekend and give you a lot of different examples in the Bible. The disciples, in fact, were instructed to be followers of Jesus. Now, think with me for a moment. What does the word follower mean? The word follower means that you're following behind, that you someone is in the lead. Someone is guiding you. You're not on your own. So a follower is someone that gets behind a lead, if you will. And Jesus made it clear that his disciples were to be his followers. He was to be their guide. Mark chapter one, verse 16 through 18. As Jesus walked by the sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake for they were fishermen. Come, what's the next word? Follow, get behind me. Let me guide you. Come follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him. That's personal guidance. Jesus was the guide in their lives. Peter also was reminded of Jesus as a guide in his own life. He learned something about not engaging and worrying about the business of other people, but learning to be a follower of Jesus himself, not concerning himself with, with how other people were living their lives. The story is found in John chapter 21, and it's an amazing story. I would encourage you to read the entire chapter of John chapter 21, an amazing chapter. Let me just draw your attention to verses 20 through 22 of this moment when Peter is reminded that he's to be a follower of Jesus. Peter turned and saw the disciple whom Jesus loved was following them. That's John. This was the one who had leaned back against Jesus at the supper and said, Lord, who's going to betray you? When Jesus saw him, that is when Peter, excuse, excuse me, when Peter saw him, saw who? Saw John. He asked, Lord, what about him? Jesus answered, if you, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? Notice the next statement, Peter, you must follow me, learn how to let me be your guides. I think so often in life, we get so caught up in what other people are doing and where their lives are going and what their lives look like. We start looking at them and start measuring our life against them. And exactly what Peter was doing, he was looking at John. He was saying, Jesus, what about him? What's his life going to be like? And Jesus drew Peter's attention away from John and back to himself, to Jesus, and says, Jesus says to him, Peter, what you need to be concerned with is let me be the guide of your life. Don't worry about what others are going, you worry about where you're going with your life. Paul himself, the great apostle, received guidance from God. Numerous occasions. Acts 16 is a great example of this. Verses 9 and 10. Paul was trying to find out the next place he was to go to preach the gospel and plant churches. And he was trying to enter into Asia, but he couldn't get in. Some things were, were, were not working out for him. And so there's this moment that God gives him very clear direction. That night, this is Acts 16, verses 9 and 10. That night, Paul had a vision. A man from Macedonia, northern Greece, was standing there pleading with him, come over to Macedonia and help us. So we decided to leave for Macedonia at once, having concluded that God was 
calling us or God was leading us to preach the good news there. So here we see Paul receiving a very specific kind of guidance from God. And he goes into Macedonia and that's where Philippi was located. And of course, we have the great uh, New Testament book of Philippi, uh, Philippians, uh, to the church at Philippi. And all the wonderful things that happened as the gospel was opened up into European territory for the very first time. And so it's the guidance of God in Paul's life. So you see it over and over again. There are literally scores of scripture passages that we could look at that describe the fact that God wants to be your personal guide. He wants to travel, not just with you. He doesn't just want to hand you a map and say, hey, I hope you have a good time. He actually wants to get in the car with you and travel with you as your own personal guide. The third and final thing that I want us to talk about today is we're, we're discussing this idea, looking at this idea of the prayer, the prayer that says guide us, is to understand that prayer is the very thing that opens our hearts to the wisdom of God, to the guidance of God. You say, well, you know, this great pastor that the Lord wants to be our guide and all that, but I don't really know how that works. How, how do I get God to guide me? How do I know that he's going to step into my world and be my personal guide? How do I access this. Well, let me just say something as a digression just for a moment before I really explain how this works in the life of a believer. For you to experience Jesus as your guide, Jesus needs to be in your life. You can't experience Jesus as your personal guide if you don't know Jesus. You got to know him. You got to know the guide before you can get the guidance. Jesus said in in John chapter 14, verse six, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the father except by me. Jesus said, if you want to know God, the father and his will and guidance for your life, you come through me. And so the first step in receiving guidance from God is you got to get to know the guide. And Jesus is that guide. He went to the cross. He died for your sins and my sins. He rose from the grave, proving that he was the very son of God. And then he comes and he says, I want to come into your life. I want you to turn your life over to me. And so when you turn your life over to Jesus, he comes into you. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. All things pass away. All things become new. And so Jesus enters into your life by the Holy Spirit, and he now lives inside of you. So my question now for you is this. Have you asked Jesus into your life? Do you know he's living in you? Because that's to have the guide in your life. You have to know him. You have to invite him in. And so uh, if you've never done that, that's the step you need to take today. That's the beginning part of this journey for you to, to get to know the guide, to invite him into your life. But once you've invited Jesus into your life and you're a follower of Jesus, then you now have to begin a process of learning how to let him guide you. And it's a learning process. None of us are perfect at it. We don't immediately get the concept of spiritual guidance right away, and we don't always do it right. And uh, my goodness, I've missed the mark many times, as I'm sure you have along the way. But we're learners. We're learning how to listen, learning how to accept the guidance of God, learning how to make adjustments when we've made mistakes along the journey. But there there are three primary ways that God wants to guide you that I'm going to talk about today. There are others that we could talk about at another time. But for today's purpose, I want to talk about three primary ways that God begins to guide your life. The first way that God guides your life is through his word, through the Bible. Now, the Bible is a written record of God's works throughout biblical history, Old Testament and New Testament. But it's more than that as a living book for you and I today. It's not just a book that tells us stories that 
things that happened a long time ago, but actually it is a book of instruction. It is a book of, 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 of understanding, a book of wisdom. In fact, it is a book of guidance. We might say that it is our roadmap for living life. And so the Bible just isn't an ancient book about historical figures like Solomon and David and Paul and Peter and John, all these folks. No, it's not just that. It is that, but it's far more than that. It is a living, breathing book that when you and I pick up the Bible, the Holy Spirit who inspired the word of God can speak to us off of the pages of his word. And that's why you need to be in scripture because the Bible will guide you each day of your life as you open up the pages of God's word. I cannot tell you how many times throughout my life when I needed to understand what to do next or to make a decision. There would be a scripture verse that I would read on a particular day that I'm facing something. And it was that verse that gave me the understanding of how I needed to handle something. Does that happen every day? No, it doesn't happen every day. Don't think it's going to be some massive revelation for you every day. But I will tell you this, if you stay in God's word every day, there will be those moments when God will show up through the pages of scripture and he will show you exactly exactly what you need to do in your life, the decision that you need to make, the choices that need to flow from your life. He will make it clear through his word, but you can't find the guidance from his word unless you're in his word. God also uses his people. He uses his word. He uses his people. So you and I are part of a body. It's called the church, the body of Christ. And so God uses mature people in Christ. And it's very important, the people that you allow to have voices in your life, because sometimes people will speak the wrong things in your life, but you need to make sure you have mature, good voices, people around you that you're you're connected to that can help guide you in the journey. I think about my life and the number of people throughout the days of my life who've helped me in my journey by providing that word that I needed in that moment that helped guide me down that next pathway. But here's the third thing that's vital. This is where we're going to land today. The third thing that is so important in understanding the guidance of God, letting God be your personal guide, is the very thing we're talking about, and that is prayer. Unless you pray, you're not going to receive the same kind of guidance unless it's a part of your life. If you don't pray, you're going to miss this part of the journey, miss this part of the input that God has for you. Listen to what James, the apostle says in James chapter one, verse number five through verse number eight. If you need wisdom, let's stop there for a moment. If you need what? Wisdom. Why would you need wisdom? Because wisdom tells you how to live. Okay, Wisdom tells you what kind of decision to make. Wisdom gives you a pathway forward in life. So if you need wisdom, now let's stop again for a moment and let's ask the question, do you need some wisdom? I sure do. I'm sure that you do as well. We all need wisdom. Why? Because if we don't have wisdom, we have the opposite of that, which is foolishness. And none of us want to live a foolish life. So if you need wisdom, which all of us do, notice now what it says, ask, circle that word on your notes or underscore it in your mind, ask our generous God. So if you need wisdom, what are we told to do? We're told to ask God. He's generous and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. This is prayer. 
But when you ask him, notice what word is used continually here? Ask, ask, ask. But when you ask him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Do not waver for a person with divided loyalty is is as unsettled as as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. Such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Their loyalty is divided between God and the world, and they're unstable in everything that they do. And so God says, when you come to me and you need wisdom, I want you to ask. But when you ask, ask in faith, ask believing that I'm going to actually supply this for you. Don't waver. Don't be a person who's tossed back and forth with this opinion and that opinion and what the world says over here and what this person says over there. No, come to me and let me be the solitary primary voice in your life, the voice that you're loyal to. Don't be divided. Put your faith in me. Ask believing that I will guide you. Perhaps as you have been listening to today's broadcast, you felt a stirring in your heart, something that reminded you that you need to get something right in your life with God. The first way to start in that journey with God is to open your heart to Jesus Christ, to make Him the Lord of your life, to turn over all your life to Him. And that begins with a very simple prayer. I want to lead you in that prayer right now, and it's a prayer that you can pray right where you are. Say these words, Jesus I invite you into my life today to forgive me of all my sins. I need you. I want you. I want you to take charge of my life. Be my Lord and Savior in Jesus' name. Now, if you just prayed that prayer with me, I want to encourage you with a promise from God's Word that says, when we call on God's name, when we call on the name of His Son, Jesus, there is salvation that is brought to our lives. He changes us from the inside out. And the Bible says that if any person is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things pass away. Behold, all things become new. And that's what's happened to you today as you've opened your heart to Christ. Let me encourage you. You need to take the next step. The next step is to make sure that you get into a good Bible-believing church where you're studying God's Word. And make sure you get a copy of God's Word and begin to read it. Spend some time each day in prayer. You've been listening to the teaching ministry of Practical Living with Dale O'Shield, Senior Pastor of Church of the Redeemer in Maryland. If you would like more information, please visit our website at church-redeemer.org. May God bless you and make you a blessing.